It's Wimbledon, discipline, but yet you find anyone equivalent. Ain't no podcast similar, now you won't find no synonyms. Be produced by Q Smith, sound like it's by Timberland. JBB in charge, EG set the bar. Cool be sipping water tree and Turk gon' lay the law. Jokes may go too far, but that's just who we are. Prolific, so gifted, words that have your soul lifted. So consistent, yet so different. Ain't nobody copy that lane. Carry that torch, heat up the game Ain't nobody got that flame Different, different Man, this intro different Man, this intro ignorant God damn. And what's good, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> You know what day it is, you know what time it is Time for another edition, read, rendition Other words that I can't think of at the moment Because I'm just not that good Edition of the one and only D1 Ignite University Podcast Today we have a very interesting show We may be missing some regulars, but hey, y'all know how it goes. They come in in my life like exes, and that's how I spend my Valentine's Day. But I love my girl, so we don't have to worry about that. So, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) let me introduce you to the man that stays hydrated more than the average person. You can see him at your local rec center coaching, but also at the same time saying, fuck them kids. Ladies and gentlemen, be cool. What's up? What's up, man? It's your boy, Big Coop, Brandon Cooper. We're here to talk this stuff. A lot didn't happen because of the Super Bowl. And we know that you can cry your way out of bad situations that you created in sports. <laughs> Apparently so. But, hey, we'll get to that one in a little bit. So let me introduce to you our special guest. This man has been in the coaching game for a little minute. He coached Coop through his days at the undisclosed Ivy League school that he doesn't like to mention because he ain't like he ain't got that Ivy League privilege to us public school people. But that's beside the point. <laughs> He's way too big to be coaching his position. I never met a six, seven man who's out here coaching running backs when he knows he's a left tackle. But anyway, that's how the game goes. Get in where you fit in. Coach Nagel, Legend. what's good? Uh, what's up, fellas? I can tell you this. Coop. Might hide the fact that he went to Dartmouth, but he might be one of the the most notable alumni with everything that he does with the water tanks and all that other shit that he's trying to say. Like, <laughs> he's, 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 you know, he's in he's in his car right now, and he's trying Ooh. to act, like, you know, for recording. You know, he's not even sitting at a desk, but like he steps out of that car, it's probably like an S class or something that he got from the kickbacks from graduating that place. <laughs> Hell no, I mean, you know, man. That is that's not a coupe thing. Coop is not does not drive an S class. You know, he's more of a three <laughs> series guy. Yeah, that's hey true. man, I, I I'm waiting on them checks to come in, Coach Nagel. Shit. You and me both, brother. You and me both. Hey, good you, to have you, you know on, who, Coach Nagel. You know who's not gonna man. be sending y'all checks? My black ass. <laughs> that's who ain't sending no checks. Nah, man, yeah, we right. got Coach Nagel on the show, man. This is a long time coming. Coach Nagel, man, he, he's going to give us a real good perspective. So before we get into everything, I should ask y'all a question. What iMessage game does Ben Simmons not like to play? I don't know. You tell us. <laughs> it's eight ball. So he doesn't like to shoot pool. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you meet Ben Simmons one day, bro. I hope I do, too. <laughs> he's so going to some. If we go, if I meet Ben Simmons, the first thing I'm gonna say is, let's go to the gym right now. Free throws, let's get it. Because I ain't look, Ben Simmons, 
I'm not going to stop the slander until you can shoot 50% from the free throw line. Damn it, you can get me off my couch and I can get 50%. I can get 50%. Just throw the... We're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that just yet. Because last Sunday was the granddaddy of them all. Now I'm sad because I have to go a whole other, like, six months without football. That's beside the point. Joe Shiesty had to take that L, and Matt Stafford is finally a Super Bowl champion. How did that happen? What happened? Coop is raring to talk about that one man on defense, so I'm going to go ahead and let him have his moment. Coop, go ahead. Um, I mean, as we saw, the greatest football player on planet Earth today, Aaron Donald came through, and looking at the talk shows through the week, what was Skip Bayless's biggest thing? He said Aaron Donald doesn't come in the clutch. He doesn't do X, Y, and Z in the postseason. Completely dominated that game. Shout out to OBJ for winning one. The man put his mark on the game. Proud of him. Cooper Cup, hell of a season. Matt Stafford, man, we now know it was Detroit's fault. <laughs> um, so glad he got out of there, man. But I'm just proud of that organization because – their motto literally is go all in now. So to see that work, to see them win, it is nothing against the Bengals. Like the Bengals are a great young team. They got a couple couple more years to get there. Of course, please get Joe Shiesty offensive line because that man's going to tear both ACLs, bro. But all in all, man, it's a hell of a game, hell of a competition. Um, wasn't pretty much one way or the other. Both teams were going at it. It was a great game, man. I'm I'm glad to see the Rams get one. Aaron Donald get one. McVay, boom. I gotta say the the thing about Donald though is that he probably has the best. Like I know it wasn't a sack, but the best QB hurry celebration that I've ever seen in my life, where he just rips his helmet off and he's just pointing to his ring finger and he says, "Ring me." Like that. You talk- that is. It's so cold, man. Like, it's just like, if I, as a former offensive lineman, if I'm looking back and the guy I'm supposed to be blocking is saying, ring me, and I look up the clock and, like, the clock's about to hit zero at the Super Bowl, mm. damn. Right. Why, why okay. was Aaron Donald one-on-one blocked? Like, slide the whole protection that way. Like, put the really in Joe Burrow's face. Like, and, and you know what? At, at this point in the game, screw it. Let's go max protect. We, we let's just go max protect. Tell tell the Joe Mix, get Mixon, P, um, uh, Pierre. I don't care who's in that running back. You see Aaron Donald in, you dive at his knees. You dive. You do something. I don't care if you got to hit him in the nuts. You do something and keep my quarterback upright. And they did not. Like the scary thing though is, have you guys seen like the full footage of the play? Yeah, we're Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Jamar wow. Chase is five yards past Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's falling down. It's Jaylen, a, a walk Ramsey, in six. Jalen Ramsey got beat like he stole something all game. Bro, Jamar yeah, Chase and Justin Jefferson, they different, bro. Hey, they different. Like, those, those, different. Are two, those are two great young receivers who understand the game better than most already. Not, yeah. not great polished route runners yet, 
but good enough, and that's better than probably 80% of receivers in the game, and that's all you need right now. Yeah, I remember seeing a quote. I forget what it was. It was like it might have been it might have been Diggs, where he said like he had to come in and like perfect his craft and, and work at it day in and day out. And he was like saying, he's like, yeah, these two motherfuckers just show up and they're just running past people. Like, this is the National Football League. This is the best of the best. Like, and they're just that much better at their at what they're doing. And both of them did it as rookies. And then Jefferson didn't have any drop off this year. He continued to, to have a success. It's just, it's ridiculous. I always say the two easiest positions to transition from the college game to the pro game is running back and receiver. I at at receiver, yes, the windows are going to be a little smaller, but in the end, catch the ball, catch the ball. None, none else matters. Running back, running back is essentially the same from Pee Wee to the NFL. Don't get tackled. <laughs> Run away from yeah. the people trying to tackle you. But I would say too, and the, the difference, the major difference in that position from the college game to the NFL game is that it's more situational based as a running back. Like you have your, you have three to four roster spots that you're guaranteed going to that position with the third and fourth guy in the depth chart contributing special teams wise. Right. Of course. Now you have your first down back who's your heavy run back. Right. Then you have your, then you have your receiving back and then then you have your also your third down back, who's who's probably your best in protection or your best pass blockers. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's easier to find a position on the field at running back than receiver, just because it is you can be more situational based about it. Like if it, if a player doesn't run the ball as well, but he's a good pass catcher, like look at Giovanni Bernard, like he's still playing in the league, and that motherfucker can't run anybody over, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Oh, Great, great, great pass catcher, bro. I will. I gotta slightly agree with you on disagree with you on that one. Yeah, you're right. Running back is definitely more situational at the higher levels, but only one plays at a time. We don't have split back formations anymore. There are three to four receivers on the field at a time. So even if you're not, sometimes five, sometimes five. So Mm -hmm. even if you're not a quote unquote starter at receiver, you still play. Like. Obviously, you have your number one running backs for the most part. Some teams go by committee, but even if there is a committee, there's still a number one and a number two. So number one probably gets 40%. Number two probably gets 30%, and it trickles on down. You may have a number one receiver who gets majority of the balls, but there's still got to be three to four guys on the field. Agreed. 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 I, I, think, I think the biggest thing, though, is that their jump at receiver to transition to me is probably more impressive than whatever a running back has been able to do. Like obviously take out Adrian Peterson who just came in and just ran over the freaking the league itself. But is is there really any value in spending a first round draft pick on a running back anymore? Nope. There, there isn't because when you look at Zeke's fall off, McCaffrey, Barkley, Leonard Fournette, who playoff Lenny, you know what I mean? But he 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 showed up for one game. He showed up for one yeah. game. But but when you when you look at it, you're better off taking that offensive tackle or that wide receiver in the first round than you are 
a running back. Because even Joe cool. Mixon was in the second round, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a second round pick. Yeah. Or like a game changing, like tight end type body, like a George Kittle or or somebody yeah. that can stretch the field, like a Zach Ertz. Like True. and he was a th- he was a third round pick. Like, you know, Gronkowski, who might be one of the best of all time, like he was a second round yeah. pick. Like, and and Gronk is one of Gronk is a weird case because most of the best quote unquote tight ends that we have in a the game. They're pseudo receivers. Gronk was a pseudo left tackle who yeah. happened to be athletic and could catch. Uh, don't tell George, George Kittle a short, though, man. That guy yeah. is. George Kittle is a great blocker, but he just doesn't have the pure stature that Gronk has. Yeah, if I you, agree. You, you line up George Kittle next to your left tackle, you can clearly say, oh, he's the tight end and he's a tackle. You line up Gronk next to your left tackle, I truly may not know the difference. Oh, God. He's, I hear, I hear Gronk's like an absolute, like, he's like an animal when he needs to be, but like off the field, he's just, you know, he puts on this persona of like, oh, I'm the cool college frat boy. Like, that guy is worth more money than he ever earned because of his investments off the field. Like, he, he puts on that show, like a character, like he's performing. Like as a WWE wrestler, some shit like that. He is a WWE wrestler, depending on the <laughs> week. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, technically, he is. Yeah, right. I forgot but, about that. I forgot about that. But while while we're talking about Super Bowl participants, let me go ahead and piss the people off because you know I'm good at doing that. Over the last month or so, the world has fallen in love with Joe Burrow and Joe Shiesty and all these nicknames. Yeah, he cool. He 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 he's wild. He got it. He has an amazing amount of swag. Can we can we tone it down some? Because he was incredibly average for this playoff run. Yeah, he won. They won some games. But what what let me list these numbers off for you and you tell me if they're good or great. First round against uh the Raiders, Oakland, 24, 24 for 34. Of 24 for 244 and two touchdowns. Good. Would we say that game was great? Would that win him um, AFC player of the week? Probably not. Next week against Tennessee, 28 of, 28 of 37 for 348. One pick and no touchdowns. It's all right, but one pick and no touchdowns, it's not great. AFC Championship against the Chiefs, 23 for 38 for two touchdowns and a pick for 250. Good, not great, nothing special. Super Bowl, 22 of 33 for 263, one touchdown. What about those numbers just jumps out to you? Nothing. (sighs) Jamal, don't do this. Don't don't do this to Joe Shiesty. Don't do this. What I'm not putting the man down. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying he's not the truth. But look at his performance in the biggest moments of the game of the year. He wasn't great. Good, just not great. Yeah, but doesn't turn the ball over. He had one pick in all the games, right? Yeah. Knocked off the Tennessee team that was the number one overall seed. 
and just got the best running back in the league back in Derrick Henry. Right? Who, who, if we're being honest, probably shouldn't have played. But I understand probably, why. Probably shouldn't have played. But you have to play him because he's Derrick Henry. He's Derrick Henry. You know, then he goes, wins, the, wins that AFC title game in, in, in Kansas City. In Arrowhead. In, in the Chiefs comeback fashion. And the in Chiefs kind of just... The Chiefs kind of forgot how to play football that second half. I don't know what happened. But, yeah, he did his thing. And, you know, it's as Coop already said earlier tonight, like you got the best player in football chasing you down on a fourth and one and you have to get rid of the football. Mm-hmm. Not many guys are doing it. Like it just shows you how impressive when Brady and the Patriots beat him how of a non-factor Aaron Donald was from a protection standpoint, how they were able to shore that up. Because if he got loose, like Tom Brady's having the same issues as, as Joe Burrow is like, yeah. Are the numbers not great? Yeah. But he beat Patrick Mahomes. He beat the number one overall seed. Right. He won how many games on the road? Two back-to-back weeks. Two back-to-back. Right. And then, I keep forgetting who they played in the first round, Vegas, but like Vegas. that was it wasn't you know. a cakewalk. It wasn't a cakewalk, but it was a game that they should have won. Yeah, but Vegas is a and, scrappy team and they've always been in it. Vegas. Yeah. And I'm also say Joe Burrow got sacked the most during the regular season and in the playoffs. It's, it's no got sacked many line. times this year. No offensive line. And and that's why I'm not taking anything away from it. At no point did I say he was trash. Did I say he was bad? I didn't say he wasn't top this or top that. Personally, when it comes to quarterbacks, I don't put anybody in a top 10 kind of conversation until probably year three because Josh Freeman. That's all I got to say. <laughs> we, we, we've we seen how many Big times? 10 player of the year, baby. Hey, how Big many 12, times Big 12 player of the year <laughs> have we seen a guy go shoot for a year, maybe a year and a half, and then nosedive for the rest of their career? They, they Josh, Josh, Josh Freeman's uh, rookie year, they went like 10 and six. And we thought good. he was, he was, thought he was the next coming of, of uh, damn Jeff Garcia in Tampa Bay. And what happened? And you guys are from Texas. You guys know the story all too well. Look at Vince Young, rookie of the year I, to out of the league. We don't talk about him no more, bro. <laughs> in, the state of- in, in for his defense, there's not too many people who are successful with Jeff Fisher. That's the only thing we give him. We that, we that, tend to cut Vince Young's career off after the Madden cover. As when yeah. we as when we tend to cut his career off. We that that's it. Yeah, we don't we all we ain't got to talk. It's kind of like. It's like Kendrick Perkins. Like we don't in Texas, we don't talk about him after high school. We just leave it at that. Yeah, bro, Kendrick Kendrick Perkins was one of the greatest high school basketball players of all time. Yep. You were a Celtics fan. You you understand about Perk? Perk broke a lot of Shaq's records in Texas. Yeah, there's not too many people who can say that. But after high school, we just we don't talk about that. So that's all I'm getting from Joe Shice. You know, good, not great. Hopefully he Perk, gets back next Perk season. Perk got paid. Perk got paid to get six rebounds a night and maybe four points. Hey, I'm not hey. gonna argue with it. Like like KD said, maybe would have we we would have won the fucking finals if, if you would have gave me more than three rebounds a game. 
<laughs> hey, who knows? Perk is getting the bag on ESPN now. That's all that matters. Uh, There's there some shit that he says, though, that he, like I had to mute him on Twitter. Like it, <laughs> Some of his takes, like, I understand he's doing it because it's his job and everything like that. But like, he said some he said some fucking asinine shit. Don't they all? It, it, it. We, we forget sports is entertainment and talking about sports is damn show entertainment. There's no yeah. way they all believe what they're saying. No way. Yeah. See, like, you guys, like, you guys were a little young for this, but, I, like, I grew up and, like, I started falling in love with sports when, like, Sports Center was the, the show to watch. And it was, like, Dan Patrick, Kenny Mayne, a young Stuart Scott, like, R.I.P. Stuart Scott. All of those dudes who are just starting out and making a name for themselves, like, watching Sports Center because they just, they didn't, they they didn't give any bull like their inside opinions or anything of their personal opinions. They just kept it and they tried to make it fun and entertaining while talking about the highlights. And it's just like that's why to have that experience to see where it's gotten to now. Like Coop and I fight on different sides of this thing, but the force feeding of LeBron James and everything that he does from ESPN, yeah. I can't I can't watch it. I can't watch it. And you you know, I'm I'm in journalism. That that that's what I do for a living. I'm also in the ad world. And it seems like when they got rid of the fun sports center commercials, you know, remember when Stuart's I think it was Stuart Scott that no somebody stole LeBron's chair. Oh, Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt stole LeBron's chair and was like, Good luck finding your chair. LeBron. Yeah. See, we wrote the thing about the, the, the thing about LeBron James is I believe he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Really? I, ne- I didn't the, know. But I will say let's 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 try not to judge him off these last few years since playing with the Los Angeles Lakers. No, 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 no. Let's just cut off LeBron James' career, the bubble. It's just. Oh, when there's no fans and he hasn't had to listen to anybody? Like, oh, that, oh, that's how we're doing it? Here he goes. Got him. Coach Nagel, bro. Against a crippled mind. He's had cameras in his face since he was 14. He's exceeded every expectation. What more? He took Larry Hughes to the finals. And you know what? You're talking about him, and he's not even part of the next segment we're getting into. <laughs> so you're acting like sports city yourself because we have well, bigger basketball news than Lebanon James, if you can believe it. Because last week, the trade deadline has came and gone. By the way, your L.A. Lakers don't do nothing during it, but that's that's not the point. The blockbuster trade of Ben Simmons and James Harden has happened. Now, I'm not a big fan of either. I don't like James Harden's style of play because he can easily get to the hole, but for whatever reason, he settles for that dumbass step back. That's a story for another day. We're not going to get into that. And Ben Simmons. Well, we know the story of how me and how Jamal feels about Ben Simmons. So lately... I've been seeing the his mental health issues and this and that and da 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 da. Shut up. 
Ben Simmons, you brought this upon yourself. I do not, I do not give sympathy for people who put themselves in their own situation. Yes, I get here mental go. health. Here we mental go. health is important. <laughs> I'm just go. here to say, Ben, you chose not to shoot the ball. Didn't nothing stop you from shooting the ball, but you, your free throws, free throws ain't nothing but muscle memory and repetition. Everybody's not going to be Steve Nash 90% from the line. I understand that. I think everyone understands that. But Ben, you're a star in this league. You're not a trash player. You've never, the words Ben Simmons is trash has never came out of my mouth because I'm not a liar. Almost but did. You shut your mouth. <laughs> but as the same criticism I have for LeBron and the same criticism I have for every NBA star, Coop, you can, you know, I'm very consistent with this. You need to give me 70% from that line. Now, I, I do believe that if you're a player in the NBA, you should at least be able to hit seven out of 10 free throws. Uh, unless you are a legit, traditional, back-to-the-basket, DeAndre Jordan, Shaq-type big. But even then, I need 60. I need 60. Yeah, because because even if you look at it that way, hell, Akeem Olajuwon was shooting good from the free throw line. Joel Embiid can shoot free throws. Exactly. So you got to give me 70%. Embiid's got a nice touch now. He's got a nice touch. Like, I said, Jamal, you saved yourself because, like, if you did not bring up, like, back to the basket thing, I would have said, like, okay, well, what's your argument with Shaq? Like, it's it's the same thing. Like, you know, the guy, these NBA players now, they have such power over everything in the league, which is different from back in the day where it was you came in, you played for the same team, like, they had your rights, like, you didn't see these super teams or anything that's joining it. It's like kind of like you're in you're, you're in a spot now where it's like, hey, I can pick where I want to go because they have so much power. It's a player run. It's a player player run league. Like Coop's boy, Coop's boy, LeBron James is the head coach, the GM, the head scout. Like he he does everything. And he's bad. And he's bad at all. Years old. <laughs> hold on, no, he no, he didn't. He didn't do it in Miami. No. Throwing that out there. He, had he was the head game. coach. He was the head coach. Whoa, 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 whoa. 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 We not going to disrespect whoa. Coach Spo on my show. That's what we're not going to do. Coach Spostra just started coaching. We're not going to we're not going to sit here and be like he was the first of all, Pat Riley was coaching that team, if you want to be honest. Coach Spo, let's, let's, he did Coach Spo managed personalities and on a team with that much talent, ah, that's what you're shit. supposed to do. Which, which is the same problem with the Nets, like in your boy Ben Simmons, Jamal. It's like you got a first-year head coach in Steve Nash, who is a great point guard, understands the game, but you got KD, you've got the franchise killer in Kyrie Irving, who I hate yep. more than you probably hate Ben, ben Simmons. <laughs> uh, a Celtics then, fan that doesn't like Kyrie Irving? Cool. Where have we heard this before? Uh, oh, but man. then also hard. <laughs> like, you got those three personalities. Those are three alpha dogs. Like, they need their touches. They need their shots. And then you throw in Steve Nash, and it's like, hey, you have to, you have to manage this. It's, it's a no-win situation. And the thing for Steve Nash, like, that, that, that shit is tough. Because at least, at least with Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors, you had the chain of commands. They played well together, and they grew up together. You know what I'm saying? 
you literally have three dudes who cried their way pretty much out of teams and who handled it. And none of them are leaders. They're all want to be alphas on the court, but none of them take that leadership role. You know what I'm they, saying? They all have alpha talent, but they don't have alpha personality to lead, like Coop said. Like KD is KD is a go with the flow type guy. KD is more of bro. I just want to hoop. None, none, nothing else matters. Because KD can also play off the ball and is way more efficient than both of them. Harden, Harden needs the ball in his hand. So does Kyrie. Because it's not like either one of them are guarding anybody. So Kyrie will yeah. play better defense, though. I will oh, say Kyrie, that. Kyrie's an opportunist. He only plays defense when he absolutely has to or when Steph Curry has hit three threes in his face. Hey, man, Kyrie Irving was locking his ass up, though. Because he hey. hit three threes in his face, and no matter how you feel about what dumb things comes out of his mouth, He's still from New York. Yeah, right. And the world is still Yeah, I, but I, it's it's, it's just a play. But you got to see how look how it's marketed though, right? Football, the teams in the shield are marketed, right? In basketball, players are marketed. I think it also has something to do with the theory of you can see the player's face. Yes, you know what I'm saying? That theory, um, because baseball is marketed off. America's pastime. You can't market. Well, they're trying to market players with like Tatis and them, but it's a very big player-driven league. And what is to stop Jason Tatum or Donovan Mitchell from doing the same thing and being like, "Yo, we're not going anywhere. Fuck this. I'm not gonna end up like Dame Lillard and just sitting there. Like, I won't. I won't either y'all bring me Dame Lillard or I'm leaving. Like, you know what I'm saying?" Yeah, I hear it. But like I think Julius Randle just got out of wants to get out of New York, even though that's a long story. They're not winning because he can't shoot; and he only goes left. <laughs> yeah, he's not a traditional back to the basket guy. So it's just like, but there's a lot of pettiness too. Like I think you look at it like across the league. It's like, let's be honest. Like NBA Twitter's, it's all hidden shots and burner accounts and all that shit. Like these players, <laughs> had, these players, like because of what the collective bargaining agreement and everything, and they have this control, it creates that pettiness where at the same point, they're like, Hey, if I'm not playing, no one's showing up. And they believe that like, you look at it like James Harden, very good, very good player. Like he's not a number one guy. He's a number two guy. Kyrie, same situation. He's a two guy. He's not a, he, he didn't wasn't able to do it in Boston, right? Now he's been in Brooklyn for two years and he's blowing that team up. Like the only guy on that team that could take a team on his shoulders and get them to the possibility of winning is KD. But he doesn't have like he's petty and he's worried about what other people think and how he's perceived. Like in I hate to give LeBron James credit. He does not like. He wants people to like him because of like his what he puts on and what what he shows. Like, but he has that power when it comes to gut check time to say, "All right, fuck this. I'm taking over. I know what I have to do." Like, KD has that, but he doesn't always show it. The other two, fuck them. 
Like it's, him, that's why. But you got to understand, bro. James Harden has done this twice in thirteen months. True. You've literally cried and refused to play on this, and it 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 is situations that you had played a part in, bro. Nobody, Houston didn't outright dog you out. To be honest, that Houston roster was pretty good. You know, they were missing some pieces, but James Harden could have made it work. Let's not act like James Harden didn't have a chance with CP3 when his ass missed 33s in that in the last in that game seven. They missed 33. 33 straight threes. Harden himself missed six. Now I don't know about y'all. I don't know about y'all. I wasn't no star basketball player. I was a decent player in my own right. I, I understood the game. I did what I could. I'm not, I'm not Pat Riley. I'm not Greg Popovich. I'm not Phil Jackson with the knowledge of the game. I don't know that much. But what I can tell you is if I miss three threes in a row, guess what I'm not going to do? No more. Shoot three. Because it's not like, like I said at the beginning, it's not like James Harden has any trouble getting to the rack. He has no problem. He can get to the hole at at will. But he chooses not to. And here's my thing about the 76ers, right? They're like, without Ben Simmons, they're a top four seed, right? So theoretically speaking, you're swapping out Seth Curry for James Harden because Ben Simmons wasn't going to play this whole season, right? All right. You're, you got the best big man in the league, arguably, I believe, but he's always hurt and Jokic, uh, you know, it's give or take. You got a veteran head coach who's won a championship before. If he doesn't fucking get if he doesn't get it done, I don't I don't want to hear nothing else from James Harden. I'm tired of it, bro. Who else are we gonna pair you with? Who who? Where else you gonna go? It didn't work with KD. Didn't work with Kyrie. Didn't work with Westbrook both times. Didn't work with CP3. Oh, what more do you want? I don't. I don't get it, man. Joel Embiid's playing out of his mind right now. Embiid is playing great. This he's having an MVP type season, but it's gonna yeah, come he's, down. He's impressive. Yeah. It's gonna come down to for one, is MB gonna be play, gonna be healthy come playoff time? Because it seems the injury bug always hits him around that time. It, and sometimes it's his fault, sometimes it's not. He was balling last year until his until his knee hurt him. And even when he was playing on his hurt knee, he was balling. But but that other tall, light-skinned person in Philly refused to dunk on someone who's literally a foot shorter than them. <laughs> So I mean, my, my biggest, my biggest thing also with the Sixers is that Markel pick was fucking garbage. That was brutal. That was terrible. It, it, it was. That I was hard know. to watch, bro. Especially when Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram went that draft. And I don't know what's in the water in the in their training facility in Philly or wherever it's located, but they need to move because. If you play in Philly, you're gonna get hurt. You're a rookie. You're. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how. I don't know why. You're gonna get hurt as a rookie, and I, I wouldn't want to do it. Ben Simmons won Rookie of the Year his second year because he didn't play as a rookie. Joel Embiid didn't play as a rookie. Um, the process 
No one should be allowed to say the word process in the city of Philadelphia ever again. The only thing right. that came out of the process is Embiid. Yeah. yeah. Fultz, yeah. Simmons, and there was another cat, like another guy that I don't even remember. Oh, remember it was it was Jalil Okafor. Remember they Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor. No. And all that was right after right after Duke won the Duke won the title that year with and, Justice. Justice was on that squad too. Yeah. Wasn't he? I'm waiting for Justice to end up in Boston. I know it's going to happen, and I cannot wait because I think he'd be perfect for the roster. Justice but, need to wake his ass up. But you got three. You got three. You got three people that you use top three picks on. One barely finding playing time. I think he's in Charlotte now. Like the other two, we know their stories. One's with the Orlando Magic, and the other guy is hated by Jamal. Jamal hates him more than I hate. Kyrie Irving, which is impressive. It is very impressive. I do dislike that man a lot. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's the process. But well, I, do, not, I do, right. I do, I do, I do think in the trade. I think, granted, I thought that the swaps were were crazy and all this other stuff. But both teams actually got better in the trade, in my opinion. Yeah. Like it's, I agree. All right, you get more. You get a facilitator. Like off the ball facilitator, like who doesn't want to shoot and steal from, let's take shots away from Kyrie and 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 um, KD, but can rebound and play defense. And Ben Simmons is probably in his best situation, and you got Seth Curry out there on the edge, Joe Harris. You got some shooters where he doesn't need to shoot; he can just penetrate, create, and dish. And then the only time he needs to shoot is like if he has a layup or something like that, when they just say, "Hey, screw it," but. And then you got Harden, who's now playing with a big a big that actually can play, where it's another superstar that's truly drawing double teams, possibly triple teams. It's going to free some stuff up for him on the wing. So I think both teams got better, but both players I can't really stand. I agree with both of you guys. I am, yes. tru- <clears throat> I am truly more of, of a fan of a team that's in the East. Um, I'm a, I'm a Miami Heat fan, by the way. So you know, uh, I'm a I fan of it. Of course, you know he that that heat wave coming through. You know, spring coming. So I'm truly more afraid of Philly than I am Brooklyn for the simple point of I don't think Ben Simmons got the chops regardless. KD, I think we have enough bodies to throw at KD for a seven game series to make his life harder. There's nothing you can do to stop KD from scoring 25. There's never been a person alive who can. But it's how hard you make the 25 for him, which decides the series. Mm-hmm. And Kyrie's still only playing part-time. Yeah. So unless that changes, we're going to have to see about that. But there's so many if ands and buts. I'm truly not worried about that. Now, Philly, James Harden is a problem regardless, and so is Embiid. And the Heat's problem has always been size because they refuse to get big. That's not that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I got so, Dwayne Deadman. <laughs> Deadman is forty five. He looked like he, he looks like old he as fuck, bro. <laughs> Deadman looked like uh, your uncle on the grill on the Fourth of July. That's what Deadman looked like. <laughs> and, and we we. And you still, and you're still paying Haslam like two point three million just to sit on the bench and just be, Has, be there. Haslam's a player coach, you know. Like, uh, 
he like um uh Adam Sandler in the longest yard. That's his he a player coach. He that's why he there. You're you're talking more Burt, you're talking more Burt Reynolds than Adam Sandler. Like Adam Sandler Burt was Reynolds. actually in in the game. Like you, he has might go out there for Burt two three plays and go back to the bench. Hey, but you know what though? He got six fouls. If we need to, go use them. Yeah. Ain't too ain't too many dudes in the league ready to fight Haslam. Haslam no. will. Haslam yeah. will go fight. Like, hey, take him out. Get get this double technical. Get this double flagrant. Let's get him out of there. You, yeah. you know what's you know what's funny? The one guy in the league who we all beg to literally force their way out is is Damian Lillard, and he refuses. Dear I mean, like I, I I respect them, but literally. This is your time to go as diva as you want to, bro. Get the fuck out of Portland. ASAP, bro. I, I, I don't know what his problem is. Like, dog, dog just go. Maybe you want to be close to Adidas headquarters because that's your people. Cool. Run. Go. They obviously yeah. don't care about you. They really don't. He comes, but he 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 was at what Weber State when he came out. Like he was a no yeah. name coming out. Like he was, you know, his tracks draft stock like skyrocketed his senior year. Like he's a very good, a very good basketball player. And like I think that he's in a he's in the same situation where it's like what KD was in Oklahoma City, where he felt loyalty to the team that drafted him and being able to do it by himself and prove people wrong, because. Like, let's be honest, the last team that's, like, done that from, like, a small market was probably the Pistons in the early, two th- like, in the 2000s, right? Yeah. I, could, I agree. I could see because Pistons the, or a 2010 Mavs. Yeah, like, like, but they still had Nowitzki. Like, he was a top, like. Yeah, he, Dirk was probably still a top 20, 25 player at that point. Like. You know, the Pistons roster, like, all right, yeah, Rip Hamilton, who was good. Chauncey Billups, who was good. Tayshaun Prince, that was good. Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace. Like, none of those five were a top 25 player in the league at the time. Maybe Billups. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I'll say I'll probably get Billups between 20 and 25, but, yeah, no one else. No one else. Like, now it's, like, since that team or since the Mavericks, like, it's – you need two superstars to do it. And I think Lillard – has that personality where he's like, hey, fuck this. I'm going to prove them all wrong. I'm going to do it here. But you know, it's, what was if, the... if you look at that, that roster is currently constructed, it's impossible. It's no fucking Oh, way. without a doubt. No. And you know what's the big difference between a guy like KD doing it by himself and a guy like uh, like Dame doing it by himself? We, we live in this so-called era of positionless basketball that Bunch of three pointers and this and that and small ball. Let me tell y'all. Uh, let me put y'all in game about a little secret. This is still a tall man's game, yeah. and you know what? It's a whole. The game is a whole lot easier when you're seven foot and have guard skills, opposed to when you're six foot six one on a great day, and have yeah. guard skills. Dame has to work so hard to get his shot off. Because, one, Dame's not a super mega athlete. He's not Allen Iverson quick. He doesn't have, he doesn't have Nate Robinson hops. He, he struggles to dunk the ball. 
So he ha- he tried he has to work so hard to get his shot off, and that's part of the reason why he pulls up from damn near half court. More space, easier to get your shot off. KD seven feet tall. The game the game's a lot easier from seven feet. There's only so many things you can do to a seven footer. You can't put a real big on him because he'll just go by it. Can't put anyone really small on him because he'll just shoot over. It's a tall man's game. Whether this era of positionless small ball wants to believe it or not because guess what even if you go small ball and you put katie at quote-unquote small ball center he the same height as a regular center having ben simmons out there opens up their offense so much because when you play small ball ben simmons can guard all five positions he can ben simmons i've been saying it since his non-shooting thing became a problem i've been saying just move him to the four just let him he's get for He's going to play center for him. He can – Ben Simmons can play like Jokic, minus the three. That's all, but, that's all you got to do. But, you know, you look at it, it's, you know, with, you know, KD, right? He had Westbrook, he had Harden, he had those guys with him and everything like that, right? But he, he turned into that killer probably year three. And I agree with you, like, Lillard, Lillard spends a lot of time creating for a shot. Like, you put Damian Lillard with Joel Embiid, like, that's a potential dynasty, in my opinion. Because that you have a monster. You have a guy that can score and create, create double teams inside and also step outside and score. And then you have a guy that can create from the wing like that. That's a, that's a monster. Like, but it's also what, what does he want? Like, does he want to do that? Does he want to move? Like, I don't see it, but as you guys have pointed out, like, the organization ain't doing shit for him anyways. So it's either sit there and just collect your money and get shit on or go someplace that's actually going to give you a chance to win a title. Do something about it. Dame, hear us out, please. I ain't going to pay a salary, but Dame, hear us out. <laughs> I don't care where you go, just leave. Get out of Portland. Adidas will find a way to get you there. I promise. Just leave. Y'all, we've been serious this whole time, and that's not the ignorant way we do things. So, Coach Neville, are you ready to have some fun? Yeah, let's do it. I'm glad you said that because you have no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, you know it's game time. So it's time to go with another ignorant favorite of true or false. You know how the game works. I give you a scenario, a question, or whatever. And we see who can answer these questions because, you know, I'll be setting them up to fail because that's what I do. (laughs) And I don't care. So no one's going first on these. I just want to see if y'all can figure them out because you got a 50-50 shot. So true or false, Drew Brees has more picks than Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, and Drew Bledsoe combined. Oh, mind you, Drew Brees is widely considered one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. You said Bledsoe, Bledsoe, Big Ben, and Philly Phillip Rivers. I'm gonna say that's false. That can't. That can't be. I'm I'm gonna say true because I don't think it's so asinine that it probably is true. But like. Rivers and Bledsoe didn't really turn the ball over. Big Ben turned it over a lot, but Breeze put through a lot of picks in, in San Diego. 
Final answers are false and true. Yeah. The correct answer, it is true. Drew Reese has more picks than all three of them combined. What the fuck? Drew Reese. Coop, I'm beating you again. Like, come on again? now. <laughs> bro, this is Nagel, bro. This and I'm keeping tra- I'm keeping is, score, bro. too. Oh, I'm keeping score. Now got one. Damn. All right, next. The Simpsons have more episodes than South Park, SpongeBob, and Futurama combined. Now, I'm not going to give y'all numbers, but I'm going to give you these hints. South Park is on season 25. Mm-hmm. Futurama had 100-plus episodes. I'm not going to tell you how much, but 100-plus got canceled twice. And it's coming back on Hulu within the next year. And SpongeBob, well, SpongeBob been going on strong since 99. Dude, I'm going to have to say false, bro. Like, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with true because I think Simpsons have been on for like 35 years. And yeah. This is, this is asinine, bro. Hey. Final answers? I'm going to say true. Final answer. The correct answer, it is true. Bro, what it's, the fuck? Bro? Oh, the Simpsons are rolling at 717. South Park is at 309, SpongeBob 248, and Futurama was at 140. Add that up, it's 697. It is not more than The Simpsons. Aggles, whooping your ass. Dude, Simpsons is now, now that I'm kind of dating myself, but like when I grew up, like Sunday Night Simpsons after football, that was the show to watch. Like you, that was the funny show on Fox. Bro, that Fox, that Fox Sunday lineup used to be undefeated. Uh, that was great, man. Great. And then they started doing like American Idol and have like Top Chef or Hell's Kitchen or whatever it's freaking called. It's not the same. It's just, just gone downhill. All right. So you you know here at the Ignite Games, it ain't always about sports. It's about just random shit that I come up with because that's what makes me happy. <laughs> so the next one is a mix of sports and also random shit that makes me happy. True or false? Usain Bolt is faster than a hippo. What's the distance? There we go. We're talking 100 meters. Oh, so you're talking top end speed? Oh, yeah. We're talking top end full speed. I'm going to say false. Hey, I got to go with false, bro, because a hippo, once that motherfucker's momentum go gets to going. Yeah. Final answers? You, you, you don't want to take this back? Nah, bro. I'm already down like two zero. I can't afford a, a gentleman yeah. sweep, bro. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta switch it over to the opposite side of what I'm saying, Coop, because they even have a shot. True. Okay. True. All right. All right. Put me on put me on true then. Nagel's on false. And you just got out finagled by the Nagel. So the answer is false. <laughs> Shit. Just got you. <laughs> the answer is false. A hippo's top end speed is like 22 miles per hour, believe it or not. The hippo can move now. That shit is one of the most deadly. This is one of the most deadliest animals, bro. It is. 
the most deadly animal in Africa. A hippo catches more bodies than sharks and crocodiles combined. I've seen a hippo kill a deer just because it was in the water. That hippo saved the deer from the crocs and then got bored, so it killed the deer. And it didn't even eat it because they don't eat meat. Yeah. Like, they, they're so big, like, they create, like, a current. Like, if you swim near them, you're going underneath and you're not getting back from under, out, out. Like, it's just... God damn, bro! They so damn dense. They don't <laughs> swim. They sink to the bottom of whatever body of water they're in. They just run on the bottom and jump up. Yeah. Just run on the bottom of the pool <laughs> and jump up. Damn. You know how strong a, hippop- a hippopotamus has to be to jump out of water from the bottom. Yeah. And just, be- just because Coop getting beat down 3-0, I'll give him a chance for some bonus points. I'm going to give you a chance for some bonus points. But we're going to stay on the topic of a hippo. Can you break a hippo's ankles by shaking them? <laughs> this is just for Coop for you to answer. Can you break a hippo's ankle? I'm trying to picture a hippo. I'm trying to picture like their ankle joints. Like a fat offensive lineman. It's just like Ew. no ankle, no calf. It's just like straight from it's ankle to thigh. It's cankle. Yeah. I'm going to go with yes. Damn it, Coop. I've been trying to set hippos don't have ankles you can't break it bro, they don't I thought, no but ankles. I thought it was so asinine bro that it, they, they just don't have ankles for you to break they, they don't have to. <laughs> so the key so the key to beat the hippo if you get chased by one is they're fast but they're not athletic like they can't cut so if you, you zigzag, zigzag. Yeah. as long as you don't run in no straight line you good just you better knock over some branches or some shit they so you got heavy. A zigzag, bro. Like Ricky should have. You got a zigzag, boy. Jeez. I could see, <laughs> see Coop trying to zigzag away from a hippo and trying to pick it up by the ankle and shake it. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break this shit. <laughs> then get the stomped in my chest. Come on. <laughs> and I'll just be in, I'll just be in the tree like shit. It's yeah. not my problem. I've le- I've left Coop. I have ran away and left Coop to die before. I will do it again. Man, and that time I was just a scared child. Now I'm a knowing adult, <laughs> so now I really won't care. Ugh. All right, uh, we're gonna do one more to see if Coop can get on the board at least. You're down four zero, so you don't can't even no get trip. on the board, bro. Can't even get on the board. I'm at the pull of LeBron. <sighs> Coop. <laughs> All right, here we go. Trade True everybody. False. Training day made less money. Than men in black. That's true. That's definitely true. That is true. It's not even close. Training day made 107 mil. Men in black made 250. Training day was like, dude, man. Training day is unreal. An independent movie, like that was one of the first, first movies that like I like I saw in the movie theaters, like just by myself. It was just kind of like. But to see that Denzel Washington's fucking unreal on that. And man, Terry Crews was clapping pigeons on the roof, bro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good times with good. 
Good times with good movies. So, Coop, you have officially lost True or False, so now you must tweet. I don't know that you took it ill. I don't. I don't know. I don't come up with those ideas. That's Eric. I, 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 I'm. I, I'm. I'm gonna tweet. I took it. I took it L to Coach Nagel. No, you got your ass beat. You got your ass beat. I didn't miss one. <laughs> you did get your ass beat, and he got, one. got swept. And he convinced you to change your correct answer. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like a dumbass, bro. Well, that's that's but, he trust he trusts me as a coach, but when I'm competing against them, all hands like. Nah, cool. You can't. You can't go back to that relationship. Like I'm in it to win it, so definitely messing with you because I knew that was false. And I said, "Hey, you got to flip your answer because it's the only way you can catch me up." Yeah, that's like when a coach tell you to do something on the field. (laughs) Coach tell you do something on the field and then come back and yell at you for doing it in film. Like you, you, bro. We we've we've all been there before, bro. I'm like, coach, but you told me to do this. Oh well. I didn't tell you to do this exactly. I'm like, bro, fuck up. Dude. <sighs> coaches, coaches do that, man. Like it's, we do the same. Sh- like you gotta look at it. Like a lot of the coaches are former players, so <laughs> you know we fuck up from time to time. Like Coop knows my line. It's like, oh, I'm smoked up. Like it's just like I'm not, I'm not smoked there. Up. Coach Lego, <laughs> I'm smoked up. I'm like, yeah, Coach Lego, you fucked up, bro. Yeah. We get yelled at, bro. Uh, and K. Lou, who who coached the D line too, like he, we had similar styles and all that shit. Like, he, <laughs> but there are some coaches too that will fucking throw a player underneath a bus just to like say, yo, quick, fast, and in a hurry. He's like, oh, I never told you that, Mike. I'm looking at him like we just fucking talked about it. Like, bro, like, when that shit happens in team film, bro. Oh hell no, nah, bro. There's a cat on Twitter who has to, has it down to a T, like how the discussions go with like those hard ass coaches. Oh, yeah. Coach thirty, he, baby. Oh yeah, yeah coach thirty. Yeah, it's like he has hey, it man. down. And some of those ones I laugh at, man. Like the ones in the NFL, like guys that play the NFL that I know or I coach, like, they say, hey, coach, it's just like that. Like, this motherfucker's like, oh, this guy made a business decision. Like, I'm dying laughing at those fucking things. Uh, hey, man, but, just, not a, just not an athlete? <laughs> just not an athlete? Just, just hey, not an athlete? Y'all, y'all can say that because y'all are big, but when you're not the biggest people on the field, we absolutely make fucking business decisions. I don't know. I don't care about y'all. Look, yeah, I've ne- I've never once not tackled somebody because they're like because of how big they are. I'm like, That's nah, because bro, you're small, not- small. <laughs> no, bro. Okay, let me ask you this: When was the last time you tackled someone who was legitimately bigger than you? Okay, what, then what, shut what up. Running back was legitimately bigger than what running back was legit. I don't think that, that's di- only running back who's legitimately bigger than everybody is Derrick Henry now. Exactly. But so shut up. I you haven't don't know had. A, I either. haven't had. A, okay, but I've seen a pulling guard come dead at me, and I hit him dead square in his chest. And that's because you and the guard are similar in size. Everybody in that box got thirty pounds on me. Everybody. Hey man, yeah, stay out there. The the shit that but, pissed me off as an offensive lineman is like you release and you start working downfield. And then you get the DBs and shit, and they just come and just try to cut your fucking knees out. Like, take your knees out. It's like, hey, I'm going to try to cut you, but you're going to cut me before. Like, me in space and Don Joyce, like, you t- if you go after my knee, it's all over. I can't. 
I can't move like you can. You know, it's like you say the same Bro, thing. Like, Don Joyce. <laughs> fucking Don Joyce, man. Those things clicking. I don't like, I had a rule on the field. If you're bigger than me, you don't get to touch me. But you know what? These slants still got to get ran. These drags across the middle still got to go. So you know yeah. what? If I if I make a decision to catch the ball and fall directly in front of you so you can't hit me, I don't care because I'm going to live to play another down. Yeah. No, it's, you got you to gotta be smart about that shit, too. It's like, especially that stuff, like it's, you know, you I coach high school now, too. It's with everything that's going on with concussions and, and all of that, like it's players are taught to do that now. Like they're taught to say, hey, you're going across the middle and you catch it. Like if you have a crease, go ahead. But if it's man coverage or zone, like if it's man, you keep running. But if it's zone, you catch it and you get down. Like you don't try to go anywhere else. Look, you want to deal you want to deal with a uh, six two two twenty. You want to deal with six foot five eleven one ninety. Choose, pick your battles, baby. Business decisions. But you know what's crazy on a football field? I would rather get a concussion than have my knee blown out. Absolutely. Like I would, I would, I would rather you hit me on from the waist up than you hit me from the waist down. Well, a yeah. concussion. Every concussion don't hurt. Some you get you get some concussions. You just be dizzy for a second, and then you can snap back. Just depends on how how severe it is. Hey, get on some and, smell assaults. Get your and, ass right back. Uh, of it. I'll say this: as long as it's not like a joint, like like if it's your ankle or your knee or your hip, like where it prevents me from like doing everyday things, like walking around and being like that, like elbows, wrists, like okay, I can deal with that shit. But if it's a joint that affects me from walking, yeah. yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, we don't Fuck want no that, problems. Bro. Fuck well, that. Coach Nagel, you came here for one specific reason. There are some coaching discrepancies going on in the NFL lately, especially with Brian Flores. And now Lovey Smith has been brought into the situation. So go ahead and give us your take on what the hell is going on because I don't think even the Bears know. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Like, you know, you look at it from the perspective of the hiring process and how it's done, right? You, your major corporations, and you're bringing in people to be essentially the CEO, the CEO and the CFO. Like the CFO, chief financial officer, is your GM, right? And technically, he's the CEO as well. But the head coach is kind of that role. He's responsible for everything in football, and Within the NFL, you know, you have the Rooney rule to protect situations that for like what Brian Flores is going through does not happen. You know, you have where you're interviewing a minority candidate for a position. My thing and what like I believe is that the rule has the right intention, but the system itself is completely messed up and needs an entire overhaul. Because there's no accountability for these teams. Like, you know, you're telling me that Brian Flores, Byron Leftwich, like, you look at it, too, from, like, a great example, and I read the whole indictment, like, the Jim Caldwell stats. He had the winningest percentage in Detroit since the 1950s. 
and they right. canned his ass. And they canned his ass. Like, there's not a double standard. It's just, it's one-sided. It's just, that's the way it's been, and that's how it is. It's, like, get. it's such a, statist- a statistic-driven league, so why aren't coaches held to that same standard? Like, if a player isn't meeting their numbers, what do they do? They get cut. Cut their ass, right? And they move on. And with head coaches, like, ultimately, you get fired if you're not winning games. But, you know, we we were talking about on the pre-show, like, look at Kingsbury. How many years is he going to get to underachieve? It's been close to a decade at this point. Like, it's you need you need an un, unbiased unaffiliated committee where these teams have to answer to and go and make their case or plead their case through the whole process because until they do it or don't do it that way it's there's not one team's going to do it correctly and the other 10 15 teams in the same division, whether it's the NFC or the AFC, are going to keep doing it the way they've done it. And it's just names that are just consistently recycled. And even of that, we were talking pre-show about in the coaching world, it's not it's not what you know, it is who you know. That's why we make such a big deal about coaching trees and who you're related to and this and that. Yeah. There'd be enemies still in OC. And that makes no sense. And no. even when even when you have a guy who is as beloved and renowned as Andy Reid having to go out and say, he calls the plays, by the way, and it still didn't make a difference, that should tell you enough right there. Yeah. It, it, yeah it, my thing with Ty Bowles was, what the hell was he supposed to do with the Jets those couple years? Hey, I, they were relevant. Like they were winning games, like at least one of the years. Like obviously the last year wasn't great, but you know, I agree with you, man. And and you guys can see it because you guys played college football and you know it, right? Mm-hmm. College football can hide bad coaches X's and O's wise because you have because you have complete control over your roster. Like a lot of people don't know that. Like. I determine as a college coach who I want to bring in and who I want to recruit and who I think is the best fit for the program. In the NFL, if you don't have a strong relationship with your GM, like you get dealt the, the 64 people that are on your 53 man and your practice squad. Like they're, they tell they're, you who it is. You might yes, have input. Only a handful of coaches can say they control their roster. And those handful of coaches are probably are Hall of Fame coaches at this point. So but of course, look look at the most successful teams in the NFL, right? Who would you guys say? Patriots, of course. Patriots, uh, Chiefs over the last four years. Um, the Steelers in general over the last yeah. decade. Uh, um, I, I would probably say the Ravens be. Harbaugh has a lot of control over that organization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, Ra- the Ravens also just have solid ownership in GMs. Yeah. And you, what you hit it, it's consistency. 
Yep. It's consistency and, from the ownership level, from the football management level, all the way down to the coach itself. Like there's consistency and there's an expectation and there's standards that are being met. Like you look at what the Rams did. Like you guys joke about Jeff Fisher, right? Jeff Fisher has a team. Yeah, they've they've obviously done an overhaul, but that same team within two years, Sean McVay is bringing to the Super Bowl. Same roster with a couple sprinkled add-ins, you know, different changes. But Jared Goff was still the quarterback. You still had the same wide receivers. You had a young Cooper Cup, right? Like it's, and he's brought that team to the Super Bowl. True. And I of the of the bad things we we can get from ESPN, I did learn one thing from Skip Bayless during his time there on a, on a random episode of First Take. They were, we were talking bad about the Cowboys as we love to do, and he brought a, he brought across a point I never thought of. There are two kinds of owners in this league, so owners have pretty much absolute control unless you're the Packers because they don't have a single owner. But that's uh, and, uh, an anomaly. There are two types of owners. One that wants to win football games and one that wants to make money. And the two do not always go hand in hand, which is why a lot of owners, cough, cough, Jerry Jones, love to make, thing, make their team in the limelight opposed to do what's <laughs> best to make them win. Because profit is profit if you're winning or losing. Now, obviously, when you're winning, there's more profit, but some profit better than no profit. Yeah, and I think that that also portrays into who they hire as coaches. Like, it's – and how they go about the process, right? You look at – you look at, like, an organization like the Philadelphia Eagles, right? They're, at times, a dumpster fire and, at times, very competitive. But there is one consistency that it is in Philadelphia. It's you win games or you win big games or you're out. Like Andy yeah. Reid, right? NFC title game, multiple Super Bowls. Like he's he gets him to that point, never wins it. His ass is gone, right? Peterson wins him the fucking title. And within two years, he's out because they're not seeing a lot of shakeup. But and then you go to like other organizations, right? Miami could, Dolphins, right? Yeah. Good location, no state income tax. Like everybody wants to be down there. How are you not winning? And you're in one of the weakest divisions in football. Historically, weak division, yes. Right. And, you know, and you know what? Let's pick on the Cowboys some more because the last coach that had some that had some amount of control was Jimmy Johnson. And you see what Jerry did to him. And what has Jerry won since? Nothing. Sometimes they can't get out of their own way. Like, Coop, you know this, right? It's. And this this was something that like or someone that I trust in the coaching profession told me. It's it doesn't matter what you scheme wise you draw up, doesn't matter anything that you do. 
it, what matters is like is your X better than their O? Is your True. is your guy better than their guy? Like yeah. I, I don't play. I don't play. I can my job is to like I'm a teacher. I prepare you for the game and I move forward. Like to me, those coaches in the NFL, you can you can hire the best X's and O guy in the country, right? But if that motherfucker has Kirk Cousins and nobody else on the roster, he hey, ain't doing shit. He's gonna do exactly what Kirk Cousins does. Put up decent Kirk numbers, Cousins. slightly above average quarterback, nothing to show for it. Yeah, and I think you go ahead, Coop. No, that's that's the big thing, you know. The margin of error in the NFL is so small. Like, okay, everybody runs a 4-4. Everybody benches 500 pounds, right? But it's the little things like Aaron Donald's get-off. No matter what you game plan, you're not going to stop that. You know what I mean? And that could be the difference between you getting fired as a coach. Yeah. And that's and that's not your control. I can't control that fucking Jamar Chase is just manhandling Jalen Ramsey out here in the middle of a Super Bowl. Yeah. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things in the football world that we can't control. There's a lot of things that need to change. And damn it, it just let the ignorance talk. To the NFL for five minutes, we gonna get kicked out the meeting. We probably will never yeah, be allowed to visit Kenton, Ohio. That's, that's complete. That's complete bullshit. Like, bro, you only got two out of thirty-two teams. You only two of them got black coaches, and the league is like seventy-five percent black. Shit is it, unreal. It's it's ridiculous though, too, because like it's the same thing to say, like, take a you know, take a guy like Lamar Jackson. Right. He goes into the coaching profession. You know, primarily everyone's going to say, oh, he can't coach quarterbacks or like quarterbacks is not like when you set up your football staff, like you have minority positions as in the college level. I don't I don't know if it's in the same as the NFL, but there are certain positions that or numbers that you need to meet for with minority roles. Right. You know, K. Lou goes through this. We talk about this all the time. People like say, oh, you have to make yourself more marketable. You have to be in one of these spots. Like traditionally, the minority positions on offense are either wide receiver or running back. Defense, it's secondary or D-line, right? Yep. Sometimes you get linebacker coaches. Sometimes you get that. Like you're telling me, like you're telling me like a guy um, – Trying to think off the top. Andre Smith, right? Decent left tackle, played in the league for a while. You're telling me that that motherfucker can't coach offensive line? Yep, I'm saying. Like, it's... I'm saying. It's the same thing, though. It's like, like, all right, is is the person one... Is Regardless, throw everything out the window in terms of, like, their intangible skin color, all that shit. Are they a good leader of men? Because that's yep. what you are. Can Can you... Put the position, put the team in the best situation to win football games, right? Like, are you going to be able to manage everything that goes into the day-to-day operations? That's like that's the three factors that every coach should be, uh, you know, evaluated on, right? 
And to give Brian Flores credit, like this is career suicide for him. You're going yep. against you're going against the shield. And mm-hmm. the like the last people that have done that, like Mike yeah, Dicka, like with the, all the former players in the concussion shit. How, when's the last time we seen Mike Dicka on like national TV or anything associated with the NFL? The last oh. time I pl- last time I played my DVD of kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Great movie though. You know, like juice box guy, go get me a juice box. Probably one of the best Will Ferrell lines of all time. See, oh, yeah. for, if y'all don't know that movie, you're too young to be listening to this damn show. Too young, bro. Too young. Yeah. So, uh, what, was the, what was the name of the two kids? Bim Bomb or Bim Sum? <laughs> Vien Song. It's Vien Song. Vien Song. And then what was, the, what was the, the tall kid? What did they call it? Like when they put him oh, on the shoulders? They joined together to become some mega person. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just that was a good movie. But like back to my point, though, it's you have to have a committee where these teams have to answer to. It can't just be a rule, right? It can't be a rule like, oh, I have to, you know, if I have a new position, I have to interview someone of a minority descent. Like just one. Why can't everyone be interviewed? Like that's why the. I think that the process has to be evaluated from start to finish and how these teams are doing it. And it's got to be standard across the league. And there's got to be an unbiased committee that can judge what these teams and how they're making their decisions. Because if you're a fortune 500 company and you hire somebody that's a poor fit, right. And who's not, going to produce the way that you think it's going to happen you have to answer to that but these these owners don't have anyone to answer to they got roger goodell who's in their back pocket like (laughs) you need it you need an unbiased opinion who can evaluate these decisions and see if they're right or just there's a lot of things that need to go into the shield and one day the ignorance will be on that committee and they're gonna listen what the hell we got to say but with that being said, we've come to the end of another episode, fellas. How does it feel? That's good, man. I, hey, man, appreciate Coach Nagel hopping on, man, speaking that wisdom, that real shit, man. Yeah, anything for you, Coop, you know? Next time, just try to get a point before the last round so I don't embarrass you on your own show. Damn, bro. Mm. Damn. Well, then, um, on that note, Coop, final thoughts. Hey, man, final thoughts, man. Hey, man, everybody out here, hey, congrats. I want to say congrats to the Los Angeles Rams for winning that. Cincinnati Bengals, y'all have nothing to be ashamed of. Man, y'all did y'all thing. Um, also, Ben Simmons, James Harden, it's time to put up a shut up. Um, also, uh, salute to ASAP Rocky, man. I guess you're in Rihanna's life for the rest of eternity, guy. So that's that's a that's a true that's a true legend right there to be in that rest of her life. So I'm a I'm a whoop his ass too. And then just let no and let Ben Simmons know that Jamal is going to be at Rucker Park for like the next nine months at the free throw line, just waiting for him to show up. Just waiting, waiting for him to show up. Coach, what are your final thoughts? Hey man, I, I love what you guys do. Keep it up. Like it's the one thing I can say is just when it comes to these situations and and everything like that is just, is listen to the people that are in it. 
Like, don't don't try to put it into your terms or what you go through, because you don't know. Like, if we listen and we just do that in terms of understanding what the differences are, then our country will be in a better spot. Wise words spoken by probably the most decent man we've ever had on the show because Coop is here every week. That's <laughs> not saying much, though, Jamal. Hey, man, hey, twice Coop. on Sundays, baby. Twice on yeah. Sundays. And Coop, exactly. and, Coop, and Coop knows what I've always said, and I'll, we'll share it off air. <laughs> oh, man, this dude has the most legendary. We, I, I might have to say one of them, man, on air. Oh, Go ahead. Man. You can say one of them. This man said, if she ain't 180, she ain't a lady. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to Muli Call, who's one of uh, the first coaches I worked with. He, he said that to me. He said, hey, Nagel, if she ain't 180, she ain't a lady. And I told K. Lou that one night, and he almost pissed his pants. And then he laughed. He got up. He's like, you know how he does his nose thing like this? Yeah. Like that. And he said, Nagel, you're damn right, brother. And then we became best friends right after I said that. So. Yes. Then they told me that shit. I was like, y'all was wilding, but it made so much sense, bro. Hey, you know what, man? As a lover of tall women myself, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm down for it. I- I'm here for it. So That's it, man. Thank you for tuning in to the one and only D180 University podcast. We look forward to coming to you semi-live from multiple undisclosed locations, whatever the hell I feel like it, because I can do that. So like I love to say at the end of every show, Keep learning, keep living, keep loving. We still got 13 more days of Black History Month and Cooper Cup. He gets seven days because of what he did in that Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, and we are out.